1: It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. It missed something here.
2: The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life.
1: It's a weird feeling, like, you can't explain it when you don't know You like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the
0: tree. All we get was a big red eye.
1: I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out.
2: Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight, I'm joined by Amy, and Amy's had this really checkered history of paranormal activity, and it all started when she was five years old. Amy, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Kate. Okay. It's lovely to be here.
2: It's great to have you on. Your email was about the, the length of my arm. Your When I say you've had a checkered history, you really have. It is quite phenomenal, is the word that yeah. I will use for it. But your journey started all the way back in 1984 in Scotland. Can you tell me about this?
1: Well, we were um, in the UK, my dad's English and he took us all home um, on a holiday to to see my grandparents for the first time and we um, hired a little van and travelled up to Scotland. We travelled all over the place and we stayed in all these great places and one of the places we stayed in was a dower house, which is sort of like, it's it's the sort of a semi-castle on a manor where the lady of the house moves to when the the man of the house dies and it has to pass on to the next generation. So the lady of the house moves into the manor house and it's quite fancy and, yeah, they've done it up um, for accommodation and all that sort of thing. So we were staying there and it was completely creepy from the get-go, but a lot of the places we went to, we went to a lot of castles and things (laughs) while we were over there, so we were used to walking into a place and going, oh, this is so creepy, but this place was super creepy. And um, one of the rooms was bricked off. Um, they wouldn't tell us why. I think they had told the adults why, but they definitely wouldn't tell us kids, but the windows were all blocked off and the room was locked. So something must have happened in there. Um, So anyway, one night the adults were all in the bar having dinner, fish and chips, and um, me and my cousin were out in the hallway. Uh, The hallway sort of had a little end bit with a bookcase and some games and things, and we were sitting there... Um, and in this little area next to us was the stairs that went up and the rest of the hallway that looked out to the front door. And on our right was the door to the bar, and a little bit further down was the door to the dining room, and in between those two doors was a little stand with a vase of flowers on it. And, um, you know, being five, we were all, all told not to touch anything and be careful of, of the things that are around that you can break. So we all knew that it was there and to be careful, so... Anyway, we were playing this game, and I was facing down the hallway, and my cousin had his back to the vase. But while we were playing, a rosebud landed in the middle of our game, and we thought, oh, that's weird, and we just were little, so we just put it to the side and kept playing. And then another one landed on the game. And my dad, who is a bit of a trickster, he was always playing pranks on us, I was sort of... I sort of put two and two together and I thought, it's coming from the vases. My dad's just in the bar. He's going to creep out from somewhere in a minute and I'm going to catch him. So, well, I'm sort of trying to play the game and keep an eye on the vase. And I'm watching intently at these flowers and then all of a sudden I hear, and a rosebud floats up into midair and it hung in midair for about five seconds and then it got thrown at us. And... I don't think I had had any concept prior to that of ghosts or anything like that. So I didn't initially get scared. I just thought it was weird. And um, we put that to the side and I'm like trying to figure out what just happened and I'm watching again. The same thing happens. I hear the noise like it's being cut with scissors and a rosebud floats up into the air. It hangs in midair for a few seconds and then gets thrown at us. Now, as I'm remembering, it, it probably only rose up from... It was probably two feet off the floor, the vase, the and it sort of rose up to about four feet. So, um, yeah, it just hung there in midair and, and got thrown at us. And after the third time, I was sort of getting worried and something didn't feel right, and I'm worried that we're going to get in trouble for wrecking the flowers. I'm like, you just put the rosebuds back. i don't What are we going to do? <laughs> we're going to get in trouble because we're wrecking these flowers. <laughs> Anyway, um, we both got scared. I was trying to tell him what, what was going on, and he was like, oh, let's go, and because he's a couple of years older than me, so he was leading the way. But the door to the bar area was locked, which never – the, the adults in there, no way known would they lock that door, but it was locked, and we couldn't get in. So we had to walk right past this table – and through the dining room, which was pitch black, there was a big window on the other side. So all I'm seeing is silhouettes of tables and chairs and the countryside out the window. And I've got my eyes shut. and I'm holding onto the back of his shirt, just heart thumping, panicking. And we're running. We actually had to run through the back of the bar. And even then we're trying to tell everyone what happened. But I'm five and now everyone's like, oh, it's just kids playing tricks on you. And I'm, I'm there five thinking, I, okay, so I, I don't know where the fishing line <laughs> was and how did they make it rise up and hang there and I'm just, i sure I didn't see any pushing line, I couldn't work out what they meant with someone you know playing tricks on us I'm like it didn't come from upstairs, I saw it come out of the flowers but no one really took me seriously at the time and it wasn't until I was a bit older when I was like I I looked, the rosebuds floated up in midair and hung in midair and that's when they realised something must have happened but by that stage, they're like, oh, you know, you're just remembering what you want to remember. But, you know, that's when I started thinking, oh, well, no one's going to really get it. And, you know, I tell it every now and then, that little story. But, yeah, I don't know who actually believes me or not. But
0: it happened for sure.
2: That's an incredible encounter. And what I love most about that is the the pure innocence of a five-year-old wandering Am I gonna get in trouble for this? Rather than yes. being <laughs> scared, because you know, you you've kind of got that unadulted mind of not knowing what is supposed to be terrifying or scary or anything like that out of the, the realms of probably a Disney Disney movie or something like that at that yeah, age.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And
2: when you see, you know, something that is, you know, legitimately paranormal happening, uh, it is I just love the mindset is, I'm going to get in trouble for this because I'm not doing yeah. this.
1: Yeah. I am going to get in big trouble. These flowers are getting wrecked and we're going to get the blame for it. And we didn't do it. And I don't know <laughs> I don't know who did it. <laughs> I don't know what just happened, but we're going to get in trouble and we need to get out of here.
2: <laughs> so were you hanging around in that house for, for long after that? Was that kind of just a, you're there for a bit of a whirlwind holiday you pass through and, and that was kind of it?
1: Yeah. So I think we stayed at that place for like two or three nights and they were the most terrifying night's of sleep that I ever had. I think it was at least two.
2: So you're you're five years old and at what point did you start to realize that wasn't normal? Because I honestly, I couldn't even remember when I was 10 years old. I swear I have the worst memory in the world. And I think it's great that you have this amazing a recollection of what happened here because one, I don't blame you; it, it would be embedded in my mind. But mm. um, to to then go and say, yeah, this was the most terrifying nights of our, our of our life at that point in time. Um, yeah. What What about that made it kind of real and scary for you, rather than just, oh, that was weird?
1: Well, uh, firstly, I can remember like right back to when I was super little. I've got a couple of memories from when I was about, you know, one and a half, two years old. Um, and again, I don't think my folks really believe me that I had these memories, but I definitely remember stuff, little little moments in time back then. And I know memory can play tricks on you and stuff, so I don't push it, but I feel like I've got a really clear memory. I had a, the most beautiful childhood and I can remember so much of it from when I was fairly little. Um, but not only that, it was such a special trip to come. You know, my dad's a coal miner and we grew up in central Queensland. Um, you know, the biggest holiday we'd been on was Mackay and um, to then go all the way over to England to meet my grandparents and aunties and uncles and cousins for the first time. It was already a big deal. So I think regardless of that happening, I would have remembered. But um, it was weird. I wasn't associating the... Um, that the rosebuds with the scariness, I used to always get scared at night anyway, like super terrified at nighttime and would always inevitably end up running into mum and dad's room with my eyes shut, which is another weird thing. I, I know kids get scared, but I used to be panic-stricken under the covers, sweating out and suffocating almost from fear until the point where I couldn't stand it anymore and I had to face Going into the hallway and running into mum and dad, and and as soon as I was with mum, I was okay. Yeah, really. I
0: don't know
1: if that was. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there were anything, any major, heavy jeebies going on in that house because my mum and my sisters probably would have felt it. But yeah, it was weird every night. So I was already scared at night, but in this place, I was. It was just a big open room and lots of silhouettes on the walls, which you know I'm trying to. When I when I tried to explain it to Mum and Dad, they were like, "Oh, it's just the silhouettes of the, um, you know, the trees outside, and not to be scared." But you know, when I think back to how scared I was and looking out, I remember I either convinced myself that it looked like a shadow walking across the room, and then saying it was just a silhouette and hiding under the sheets again and don't look, so <laughs> it's weird, don't look, and just yeah. So I don't I don't know if I actually saw anything scary, but it's just a feeling that I used to get at night time anyway.
2: And you know what? I think a lot of people get those those feelings. I almost feel like it's a a sixth sense to to almost just keep you safe because I think we're a lot more sensitive than we realize. And if you've had an encounter like that, uh, it I always find that people who've had an encounter are genuinely more likely to have an an encounter than someone who has not So you find these people and you're, you're very much one of these people who go, well, I've had so many encounters and and no one kind of believes me. And some people might go, well, how does that happen? You know, like that's ridiculous. How can someone have encounter after encounter after encounter? And it's kind of like, you know, I think a third eye kind of gets open to, you know, to, to sound very spacey and stuff like that. But, you know, it's kind of once you've once you've seen the other side, you can't go back.
1: Yeah, it's like you tune into it or something. Your antenna tunes into a frequency, and you can—it just happens.
2: <laughs> That's a really good analogy for it too. So, yeah, you just kind of catch their their broadcast, and you've got it. So, yeah. yeah. But- that that house wasn't the only creepy house that you uh, <laughs> that you stayed in because <laughs> the the next story that you you sent me here was you stayed in a hundred year old farmhouse on yeah. your on your ex mother's in law's farm. So there, mm. there's already two red flags: ex mother in law <laughs> and a hundred year old farm. <laughs>
1: oh, no, she's beautiful. We're still really good mates. It was. Just, she says it was her mother-in-law that came out and scared me that night. But um, yeah. So anyway, they they've got this beautiful, humongous farm on the Murray in um, South Australia. It's beautiful, and um, the old farmhouse. Yeah, it was a hundred year old. It was the original farmhouse there, and they actually had an old schoolhouse on their property as well, which was, um, you know, the, the local school of the era area. I think. Um, yeah. So anyway, we were sleeping in there. Um, my ex-partner was in the little lounge room area, sleeping, he'd fallen asleep watching the tennis because it was um, summer, it was the summer holidays and me and the girls, I'd put the kids down so I just fell asleep with the kids. My eldest was in a, um, a bunk, which was sort of on the same wall as the door that came in and my youngest was in the bed with me and um, it was our last night so uh, my mother, ex-mother-in-law, I still call her my mother-in-law, she, we'd, we'd been up drinking red wine and I'd had a rough sleep anyway. And um, because it's an old farmhouse, sometimes mice get in and I was hearing little creepy noises in the, in the room. And I was getting that heebie-jeebie feeling and starting to get scared and just telling myself, it's just the mice, it's the mice in bags under the bed, it's okay, it's just the mice, just go to sleep quick, go to sleep before something happens. <laughs> Anyway, um, (laughs) um, I kept waking up and I could hear the noises and I knew the noises under the bed were probably the mice, but I started hearing noises up on the duchess where we'd had um, a few things uh, in bags like shopping and little souvenir type things ready to go the next day. And it sounded like... Those bags were getting opened really slowly and then closed again like someone was trying to look inside the bags. <laughs> and I'm like, it's the mice. They've just climbed up. Go to sleep, quick. Just go to sleep. Something's happening. It feels weird. Go to sleep. <laughs> anyway, um, we, I managed to get back to sleep, but it was already feeling creepy. And um, the next thing I know, I wake up to my little girl in bed next to me screaming bloody murder. She's sat bolt upright in bed and she just started screaming like she was getting murdered. And I start up quickly and I'm like, what is it? What is it? And then I sort of, she was staring at the door and I looked over at the door and I saw this great big smoky, it was like smoke in the room. It just all billowing. It was about, I was trying to think on the way home, how big it was. It was at least two and a half metres by one and a half metres, Humongous grey, silvery smoke in the room floating up near the ceiling. And so as I'm saying, what is it? What is it? I'm looking at this thing and then all of a sudden I'm saying, what is it? What is it? <laughs> And I'm hugging her and the little girl on the top bunk's waking up going, Mummy, what is it? <laughs> Like I'm trying to gather myself and this big ball of smoke billowing and sort of slowly reducing and it, it's like it's getting sucked through the door. Um, through a little space in the door about, I don't know, 30 centimetres by 30 centimetres and it was all sort of coming and reducing and billowing down and, and shrinking and it just disappeared through the door and there was a um, a white bathrobe hanging on the back of the door and I thought it was just it was just bath bathrobe blowing up it's okay, everything's okay <laughs> I to get out of bed and rescue my little girl from the chop bunk who hadn't seen it but just heard me and the little one, screaming and panicking. And I didn't want her close to it. She was the closest one to it. I'm like, oh, i got to get her. Anyway, um, once I gathered myself together, and the funny thing is you you hear this comment every now and then that um, it chills your bones, chilled to the bone or something like that. It actually felt like the marrow inside my bones had turned to ice. It was the weirdest sensation. Um... It was creepy, and it took me about five minutes to, to breathe and calm down and calm the kids down and try and convince them that what they saw was the robe on the back of the door. And then I thought, oh, God, my my partner's in the, the next room. I hope he's okay. Um, but the funny thing is, once I woke him up and um, told him what had happened, he said that he'd had sleep paralysis that night. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you know, I had that thing where you can't wake up and well, can't move. I'm like, ooh, something
0: happened.
2: <laughs> wow, that's that's super interesting because you know I'm a big believer that there there is this weird connection between sleep paralysis and the paranormal. Because oh, there
1: definitely is like, yeah, I, sure.
2: I, I, yeah and I, I know there's a lot of scientific explanation for it, but I I, I do genuinely believe there's this like slither that falls between the cracks and that's where it gets really weird.
1: <laughs> a sliver. I think it's more than a sliver, but
2: whatever. <laughs> so You see this this big kinda cloud creature, did it have any type of form to it or was it just like a No, it just- was
1: just billowing. It was it looked like smoke behind glass. Like it wasn't smoke that was drifting away. It was all sort of stuck together in one one very defined shape but inside it it was billowing but the weird, one of the things that I had observed is when I sat up and looked at it, Sage was still screaming and I looked over at it um, the feeling I got I think I said sometimes I'm, I, I, I'm like I don't like to say that I'm an empath because it's it sort of, I get this thing here and there where I can sort of not only feel what somebody else is feeling, but to the point where it's it's like words. Are, someone's telling me how they're feeling, but not in words. I can feel it so defined, and the feeling I got. It was almost like I had heard it, but I hadn't. Was oh, I woke the baby, and it was it felt feminine. So I just felt like it was somebody that was having a poke around and got caught when they shouldn't have got caught, and was running away, and they were feeling bad that they'd scared my daughter. And my sister said, maybe you did hear it, but I, I didn't. I don't think I heard the words, but that's that strong feeling that I got. How it was feeling, I don't know if that's what happened, or you know, I, I get these strong feelings every now and then. Um, yeah, but I definitely got that feeling from it. I woke the baby, and it was feeling bad and running away.
2: That that really really surprises me. I find that so curious because it's kind of like. If it if it has that sentience to it, I wonder what it is. And now, a quick word from our sponsor.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
2: also are you wanting more content why not become a believe plus member you'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public not only that you'll also get our regular feed without any ads Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month.
1: I've got no idea. My um, mother-in-law says that it was her mother-in-law, and and it could have been because I know that her mother-in-law did live in that house that was the original farmhouse, but I don't know. I I just don't know. I was into a lot of alien stuff at the time, and some people say that they can appear in the cloudy those cloudy billowy things, so I don't
2: know. That would almost be scarier than it just being a ghost if if you had yeah. some type of, you know, otherworldly creature coming in and then you're able to not, not read its thoughts but, you know, feel its feelings.
1: Mm. That's,
2: yeah, that's that's a lot of food for thought right there. Mm. Yeah,
1: just I just knew what it was feeling. It's like you can hear it.
2: <laughs> what do you think it was?
1: Um, I don't know. I think it probably was just a ghost, like a a spirit. And it, yeah, maybe that's all it was. And it didn't mean us any harm. And it was, you know, it it sort of felt bad that it had scared my daughter. So I just, every time I've slept there since, I tell it that I don't want to see it anymore.
2: (laughs) I don't blame you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do not blame you. It's um, I, I have this this interesting theory about kind of these these types of apparitions that people see when there's a cloud or kind of like a shadow person. Is that the you know the spirit or whatever it may be? Maybe it mm. doesn't know how to show itself to you, and that's all that it can kind of conjure up to be.
1: Maybe, maybe it can conjure up to be anything. And maybe that's just the easiest form at the time.
2: And you've just made me go to another level of thinking here because I wonder if it was making itself to be unimposing on purpose and it was potentially just choosing the the least threatening thing that it could be.
1: Mm, Maybe. I think I busted it. I think it was um, curious about us and it was coming in to have a sticky beak and it got caught... (laughs) It was like, oh, I'm out of here.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Really, really cool. That's a really cool encounter. I mean, it, it was probably terrifying at the time, but that, that's was, one of those ones that really makes you think.
1: Yeah, um, like some of these encounters. I'm so glad that I've I've experienced all of them. I mean, that one was that was the first time I'd seen something physically manifest. Um, you know, in its reality that I could actually see. Like, I, it was cool. I really enjoyed it, even though it you know had to change the undies after that. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> it you know enough times passed, I did enjoy it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, you know, it, it's great that you can actually look back on that type of encounter, and you know, you you've gone back to that location multiple times about the sounds of it, and it it not really many, hasn't.
1: Not many. I wish I could go more. It's beautiful there
2: to be honest. But to to just have that positive mindset out of it, I think that's really good because a lot of people can get turned off a location like that very, very quickly with an encounter like that.
1: Mm. Well, I don't like to be scared off anything if something or a place is giving me the heebie-jeebies. I like to make sure that, you know, I can not beat it, but be in that space without being scared because, you know, being scared at night was such a big thing for me when I was little, but now that I'm an adult, if I start feeling something like that, I really you know, do the work and make sure that I tell whatever I think around me to go away and fill the space up with happy vibes until I feel good again.
2: That's great. I think that's a yeah. that's a really positive way to go about things so something that you said there that really kind of piqued my interest was that you said you you started to get into the the world of like aliens and and stuff like that so what what got you into that because in your encounters here, you know, there's there's some stuff here that kind of leads to some potentially otherworldly encounters. So, uh,
1: well, I just since that the rosebud incident when I was little, um, you know, it just opened my mind up to the fact that the, the world's not as it seems, and there's other things that are around. And you know, I once I started going to school and worked out how to use the library, I was up to the library quite often, um, you know, in the ghost section, looking at unsolved mysteries and ghosts and Bigfoot and UFOs and aliens. And I just, even from that age, I was just so amazed and and um, curious, like just curious about the universe, I think, and everything that could be in it. Um, and aliens are a big part of that, the thought that there's other life forms around that that could be visiting here on Earth and flying around in spaceships, I thought that was fantastic. So, yeah, I've always been into it.
2: Yeah, and you know what? You've almost described my childhood down to a T of doing exactly (laughs) the same thing.
1: Yeah, it's so amazing. And, like, because this interview has been coming up, I've been thinking back on my life a little bit. And even when I was little, I used to have conversations, like, in early primary school, uh, telling people, imagine if, you know... The way that I see green is different to how you see green and we're all, everything's different for everyone and no one knows. And having these deep conversations, (laughs) and this is in like grade three and four, so I was already really wondering about, you know, where we live and how we exist even back then.
2: Yeah, and you know what, It's, it's always good to have a really curious mind and I think it's great that you had it at such a young age because... I think it's probably led you on the life that you that you've had, you know, you're probably one of these people who look for something different in a situation than most other people and you know that could be one of the the genuine reasons that you've had more encounters than the the average joe. Yeah, maybe. So maybe. let's let's get into into some of these uh UFO and um I I guess orb encounters. I haven't been
1: abducted. Oh, well, I did have that dream. Yeah, so um, when I was going through, uh, you know, it was sort of coming up to the end of my relationship with my ex-partner and, you know, I was spending a lot of time alone and just trying to avoid life and I was getting really into podcasts and esoteric subjects and things and that's where I sort of escaped to. Um, I came across the a SETI program with Stephen Greer and how, you know, listening to this meditation and how he says that you can send your thoughts up to the sky and make contact. And I just thought, sounds, you know, far-fetched, but let's give it a crack. So I started, um, I thought I'd download the, uh, the meditation and I tried it a couple of times and yeah, lo and behold... <laughs> you start seeing flashes in the sky and it's almost like it's, um, you know, answering your questions that you're sending up in your your own head. And at the time I was living in a a beautiful old house with a huge veranda um, and it sort of overlooked Springbrook. So I had a beautiful, beautiful view of, I guess that's south and west um, from where we were. Huge view of the sky, beautiful mountains in the distance and it was just a beautiful place to sit and meditate and look at the stars and things. And, yeah, I was doing it regularly, meditating out there and listening to the steady meditation, Um, just spending lots of time, you know, putting the kids down and going out there and sitting outside for an hour by myself, just looking at the stars and um, just enjoying, you know, stargazing. Wonderful. So, yeah, I started doing it and I started getting these flashes in the sky, really bright, like a light was turning on and off in the sky. Um, It was quite far away. It was like well past the mountains and high up in the sky, but it was always in the same little patch. Sometimes it would be over to my left, which is more east. Um, But, yeah, I was really amazed at the responses I was getting and it it just felt like it was on cue, just like he says. Anyway, my, um, my eldest sister's quite into all this stuff as well, and she was staying with me one night. And uh, her and my brother-in-law, we were there and we were sitting on the veranda, and we, we all did it together, and, and they started seeing it as well. It was, like, almost on cue. It was amazing, and I think they were pretty amazed as well. And um, the, the second night they were there, it was quite cloudy, and we were still seeing flashes here and there. But we all saw this one it was a really big flash in the cloud and it almost looked like it, it opened up and shut. It was my brother in law almost looked like a portal. Um, but it was it was a weird little patch that just sort of opened up and you know, it was more than a flash, it was sort of it was slower, it opened up and closed, if you know what I mean. it, it grew big and then it grew small and you could it happen and it sort of illuminated the clouds around it so and that was sort of the Chris, you know the end that was a big bang finish and I yeah I don't really remember doing it much after that but um, I kind of took it a little bit further and I started um, meditating that night in bed as I was going to sleep and trying to connect and I thought you know when I was little I used to lucid dream all the time and I thought if I wonder if I can you know, wonderful if lucid is real, and if I try and plan to lucid dream about aliens and experience lucidly going on a on a craft or something. So I thought I'll, I'll I'll do those meditations as I'm going to sleep. And one night I got I went straight into this beautiful state of relaxation, and I started feeling heavier and heavier and heavier. And then I started getting all the tingles all over my body, like little prickly. Tingles and it felt like I was being, it felt like I was magnetically being pulled down. And it was such a strong, heavy, nice feeling. Um, I was like, whoa, something's happening. And then um, in my head, I heard my name being spoken, A, me, and it sounded all digital Um, and from far away, like it was an old um, broadcasting. It just sounded like an old, uh, you know, one of those old speakers, that, like a, a drive-in or something. It, just, it sounded croaky and not quite clear, a bit staticky and electronic. And I just went, oh, my God, that's weird. Okay, that's too far. No, nah, I'm not ready. <laughs> no, nah, not ready. Bye. See you later, guys. <laughs> and I sort of stopped for a while because it freaked me out. <laughs>
2: yeah that's that's something where you think you're you're ready and yeah you, you go all gun ho and then the the reality of a situation hits and yeah it makes you wonder what mm. what what do you think was reaching out and talking to you?
1: I think I was connecting with them because i was I was out there um connecting you know sending my thoughts up saying hello is some anyone is there anything out there listening to me and seeing these bright um like not flashes but like stars turning on and off really bright stars turning on and off just in one small patch and sometimes it moves to the side like I didn't actually see the light move but it would flash in one spot and then it would flash in a slightly different spot um yeah I had a big intention of making trying to make connection I thought it would be really cool and then yeah I heard my name and I'm like no, <laughs> not as cool as I thought. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not meditating for a while.
0: <laughs> it's
2: one of those situations that I think a lot of people go, "Yeah, I'm. Oh yeah, I'm so ready to to see aliens or meet aliens and." <laughs> Uh, for me it's so could, not yeah, so I, not <laughs> i couldn't imagine doing or meeting anything more terrifying in my life because i know i could, I could deal with a yaoi, i could deal with a with you know a ghost or something like that but if you know an alien knocked at my window i'm just gonna straight up have a heart attack in this place and that's that's it for me
1: i know those people that wake up in their beds and they see aliens in their room i would have a heart attack <laughs> I am not ready for that.
2: Yeah. I I honestly, I don't know how a lot of the the guests who come on this show just kind of deal with it and just have a normal life and go,
0: this
2: is, this is what I do. This is what I see. And it's just, my hat, my hat honestly goes off to all those people.
0: Oh, I
1: know. Yeah. I don't know if I could be right after that. I think I'd be way too scared, but I don't know. Sometimes, you know, they say that they can emit some sort of calm vibe when it's happening. So who knows? But some of those people were petrified the whole time. So you know, it's it's an experience for sure. But do you want to have one? Who knows? Who knows what it's like until it's happening.
2: Yeah, yeah. I always say, you know, be careful what you wish for because yeah, what's been seen cannot be unseen. Yep. So you yeah. you be you do the protocols and and all of that. Do you have encounters? outside of that with UFOs or, or anything like that because I'm I'm not like the, the biggest Stephen Greer fan and I'm always a little bit skeptical about what goes on there and it's it's one of those things that I always wonder if people see stuff outside of doing the things that you need to do that happen in those those C E five protocol things.
1: Yeah. I don't like I listened to that again recently. And, pardon me, um, it's just about, you know, you're meant to be concentrating on your spirit body and how we're all connected on a, you know, not a spiritual level, but we're all non-physical. There's all a non-physical part to all of us and all of existence, really, and we're all part of the same thing. And... Yeah, all it is, is if if you're already concentrating on connecting with your spirit and having a good vibration and being thankful for your own existence and um, just, yeah, that feeling of awe for our life and all that sort of thing. You know, the the CE meditation is just a normal meditation and then to get you into that state. And then at the end it says, oh, and then I want to, you know, "I'd, I'd love to meet. Aliens, basically, but you don't need it. You cannot just have experiences. I think um you can get into that state without it, but I mean, I, I've done a lot of meditating and um, in the past as well, so I don't know, maybe it's just a good place to start. It doesn't necessarily have to be the Stephen Greer stuff, though um, yeah, so one of the weird another weird thing that happened to me around aliens and stuff is, um, like, I used to lucid dream a lot when I was little. I didn't know what it, it was at the time. But as I've grown older, it's very rare that I have a lucid dream. And, and one day, I sort of, it was night, and I woke up inside a dream, which is, like, it's that's how it feels. You sort of, all of a sudden, you're awakened and aware. You know it's a dream. But you're aware, and you start looking around and seeing where, where are you. Where am I? What's going on? And try and pick up as much detail as you can so you can remember it the next day. Um, so I woke up inside this lucid dream and I was laying on my back and it was like I was on a, a stretcher, like a, a hospital trolley, getting trolleyed along. It was really smooth and quite cold underneath my back. And there was a like a silver, like a grey silk cloth over me. But... Um, as I sort of tried to pay attention to where I was, I realized I could see through the, the cloth. Um, and what I was looking at, it was like a really odd construction of the little town that I grew up in, the little mining town that I grew up in. It, it's got a very, it used to have a very distinct look because all the mining houses were built from the same, like five or six plans, so all the houses sort of looked the same. No one really had humongous gardens, so it was just like grass to the to the front, to the gutter, and it just looked... All the houses looked similar. It has a look. You know, anyone that's grown up in a mining town knows that the little mining towns have a look. Anyway, it, I knew straight away, someone's trying to make me think that I'm back in my little town, but this isn't my town. I could tell that it wasn't my town. And just as I thought that, I realised that the silk. Um, cloth that was over me. It wasn't a silk cloth. It was a cool gray mist, like a cloudy mist. Then I realized I was being floated inside the gray cloud mist thing and that the doctors and nurses that were sort of walking by me, sort of ushering me along. I'm like, oh my God, that's that's a screen memory. And they're aliens. And then I woke up. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, and I remembered it when I woke up. I'm like, "Oh my god, was that a dream, or did that was something just happening?" And because of all this other weird stuff that's happened, I question everything, and I don't know.
0: How does that make <laughs> you feel? So like... Um, uh, it,
1: it. I wasn't scared. I was kind of excited because it's sort of what I'd been asking for, you know. Because yeah, that sort of happened around the same time. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I made it happen, <laughs> but then I really backed off from it because I was like, "You nuck."
2: Nah. <laughs> does it make you question, like anything else that's happened to you, especially around the the whole UFO kind of genre there? Because if if you're able to, you know, identify that that's potentially a uh, a screen memory, does that make you kind of wonder about anything else?
0: Um.
1: It doesn't because that was such a unique, like a, it's never happened to me before. Like a, in in the past, when I was little, I had, um, I used to lucid to dream about all sorts of lands and places that I could go and I could run around and jump from mountain top to mountain top and breathe underwater and all sorts of fun things. And none of it ever felt like a screen memory, but it was. I could feel, you know, it's that feeling thing again. I could feel that I was trying. That I was being tricked. Someone was trying to trick me. These people are trying to trick me. Oh, they're not people. They're aliens. And then I wake up. It was instant. As soon as I thought, oh, they're aliens. And I just instantly wake up wide awake.
2: The whole lucid dreaming thing I think is super fascinating. And not only for the fact that it's a genuinely super cool thing to be able to do if you can do it. But to to then have this almost like reality warping ability mm. attached to it, I think that that's really fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I, I'm definitely one of my new year's resolutions this year was to start meditating more again, conquer my fear of the heebie-jeebies, and um, try and lucid dream again. I think that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I agree. I think it's it's something that you could just have a lot of fun with. And, you know, it's, it's essentially the, the least dangerous thing that you can do when it gets into the, into the weird and the wonderful.
1: <laughs> it is. And I, I can just remember falling asleep, feeling so excited because I could start feeling that falling feeling. That's how it used to start. I, I'd wait until I could feel myself falling asleep. And just in the middle of, just as I was still aware that I was falling asleep, it started feeling like I was falling and feeling really excited because I knew that I'd wake, I'd be in a dream scene. And I just thought it was normal. It was nearly every night.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's that's really just, cool.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize that not everyone could remember their dreams and could do stuff in their dreams. I just thought that was normal dreaming.
2: Well, Amy, it has been so fascinating talking to you tonight. And we have really only just touched the the <laughs> surface with you because you're like a uh, an absolute mine of unusual activity and you you dropped a bombshell on me before we started recording about doing um about seeing a UFO so incredibly close that it might be one of the closest encounters on the podcast so I think I'm going to have to get you back on because I know we've got a whole bunch of UFO stuff to to go over, uh, including that unbelievably close encounter that you encountered with a couple of other people, which is really cool too. So
1: I know. And my kids, we haven't scratched the surface. My kids have had lots of experiences as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, look, I'd love to get you back on the show sometime to to go over all of this stuff because you have absolutely swallowed all the time with your fantastic encounters that (laughs) I said before we got recording, I was like, we, this is going to be tough to get all of this in because you are (laughs) just, you're so intriguing. So, uh, Amy, if you're, if you're up for it, I'd love to get you back on sometime soon.
1: Yeah, of course. I'd love to.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you.
0: Hold up.